<laughs> in the name of Jesus, we just thank you so much for what you are doing in this place. We thank you, God, that we are in a time of change. We are in a time of change. We are in a time of acceleration and change. We thank you that in this season, you are awakening us to see clear, more clearly our part, to see more clearly what you are calling us into, both as part of a company, but also individually in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, God, for the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for this beautiful nation of Australia that we live in. And we thank you, God, that whatever negativity is said about Australia, we thank you, God, that you have granted a solution. And the solution is Christ in us. And so we choose to say yes to the mandate to change our nation for your glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. People say amen. I grew up in the UK. We say amen. People here say amen or in the States. What, who says amen here? Amen. And <laughs> that's very good. Okay, awesome. So we've been on a bit of a journey. Um, I've been on a journey with the Lord over this last little while. I know many of you guys have as well. How many people have been tracking what's been going on in the church here? Uh, for those watching on live stream that are tuning into a Tuesday night meeting, we've been doing something called the Tabernacle of David. We just started it. And really, people are gathering um, to connect with the Lord. No one on the stage, no one engaged in, you know, okay, everyone, let's really worship. But actually, people being able to do time with the Lord in a sanctuary. And how many of you know uh, this word sanctuary is a great word? It's, I love the word sanctuary. It's awesome. Now, how many people have been in that? You've been enjoying it. Awesome. What's really exciting about that is, can I, can I put up Amos 9-11? I'm not talking about this now, but I just want to talk about this very quickly. Amos 9-11 for me. And we talk about, we hear about the restoration of David's tabernacle, and I believe whatever your eschatological worldview is or end-time view is, we know that there is something called the restoration of the tabernacle of David. How many of you know that that's... And that is actually what happens continually. And how many of you know that David's tabernacle or what they set up was a place of 24-7 prayer, 24-7 worship. That It never stopped. And if any of you guys know anything about um, IHOP, look, I'm not an IHOP expert. We did have someone from IHOP here for a while. IHOP International, International House of Pancake, I mean, sorry, International House of Prayer in, in Kansas City is where is really was birthed out of the Kansas City prophets and and they did something where they established 24/7 praise and prayer and worship and they have these worship sets how many people have ever been on the live if you go onto YouTube and you literally write international house of prayer you can go on that live stream that live stream never stops it never stops. It just keeps going and going and going. You can tap into it whenever you want, and they just change and they re-roster, but there's always someone playing. Gosh, I can feel the presence of the Lord. There's always something, there's always someone playing. So when they change rosters, there's always music running, and the music hasn't stopped running, I think, for 19 years. I think it's 19 years. So they've never stopped, so they never, they make sure that they roster everyone, that the sound just keeps on going and going and going. And isn't, isn't that awesome? But do you know what that does? It actually establishes something of a portal of heaven 
manifesting on earth. And it actually, how many of you know it says God inhabits the praise of his people? It actually says that he is enthroned. So actually the Lord is enthroned on the praise of his people. And when we praise and we choose to get together and to just literally do time with him, he is enthroned in that place. And what surrounds the throne? Angels. Thousands upon thousands of angels. So don't be surprised. And as we start moving, and we're not on 24-7 right this minute, I'm sure we will one day, but we're not quite there, not quite there now. But don't be surprised if you start to come on a Monday or a um, Wednesday or a Thursday, Friday, and you start to having angelic encounters. Because the Lord's throne is established on the praise of his people, and angels surround his throne. And so there is so much, is everyone Okay. And so we are going to move into an incredibly supernatural season. This season is going to go through the roof in terms of the supernatural. You think that it's been extreme. You think you've been stretched out a little bit. Get ready. Get ready. I've been talking to Todd. I know some of the stuff that's coming down the pipeline. And, and <laughs> this is the, this is the, the bottom line is, when we get stretched out, it says enlarge the place of your tent. It's actually enlarge the place. I mean, another way of looking at that is enlarge the place of your understanding. And how many of you know sometimes we don't understand how God operates? If you were here two weeks ago, I talked about the goodness and the severity of God. And I talked about our need for being able to have our, a level of understanding, a level of, a, a, an enlarged understanding about the ways of God. Because sometimes things will happen on the earth and the way that we have been indoctrinated as Christians into this is the way that God operates. This is what the Bible says. Haven't been necessarily true to the full counsel of Scripture. And because they haven't been true to the full counsel of Scripture, sometimes God is going to work outside our box of understanding. Sometimes. How many people have ever had God do something? You're like, that was strange. That didn't fit in my, well, he does that a lot, doesn't he? And do you know why he does that? He does that, I believe, to actually enlarge our capacity of, and enlarge our understanding on his nature, of his nature and his character. He wants us to start to understand who he is, and he wants us to learn his ways. It says, Moses knew the Lord's ways, but the people of Israel knew his deeds. And so, is everyone okay? Okay. Knew his, knew his, knew his deeds. And so, as we start to come up into this place, some of you guys are thinking, well, we've been stretched out already. The last three years, has been too, they've been stretching already. You know, we, we've had words about... The cloud of witnesses appearing, Noah appearing, angels appearing, white horses appearing, money manifesting, strange things have been going on. Well, how many of you know that two-thirds of God's name is odd? And two-thirds of Todd's name is odd too, so we're in good company. Three quarters, sorry. Two, three quarters, all right, I'm not very good at that. Okay, now, but what's interesting, the reason I'm saying that is because God is bringing us into an enlargement. And he's going, I want you to see even more clearly how I operate so you can partner with me in this next season. This is really, really important. Okay, cool. Do you want to put up... Um, hmm. Matthew 10, 33 to 36. It's a real crowd pleaser. <laughs> Come on. We're here. Hold on a second. I just want to catch this. I, I, look, I, I, I'll try to go. I've got so much scripture. I won't go through. I won't go through heaps of scripture tonight, just because we had a beautiful time of worship as well. But I want to say, I, I do want to catch this. So, so, 
But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not to come, come sorry, to bring, bring peace, but a sword. For I came to set, this is so crazy. I came to set a man against his father and a daughter against their mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Some of you are like, that's pretty easy. Okay. <laughs> a man's enemies will be members of his household. Oh, my goodness. And, and we'll just leave it there for a second. Um, I did not come to be, bring peace but a sword. I elaborated it on this a tiny bit before, but this precision and the sword, and the sword is actually designed, the sword is, de 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 gosh, the sword is designed to bring separation and division. The sword is designed to bring separation and division. In the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it talks about the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And what does it do? It, oh, you could actually put it up. I wasn't going to ask you to put it up, but why don't you put it up? What does the word asunder mean? Who knows what asunder means? Asunder? King James? Anyone read the King James? No, what does it mean? It means that, oh gosh, all right, okay. You could have shouted it out. Okay, it means to divide. And it says this. It says, For the word of the Lord is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And piercing, what is the word of the Lord? Do you think Jesus came to bring a sword? Or did he come to bring a word? Did, is there any time in the Bible where you see Jesus with a sword? In fact, when Peter has a sword and he starts chopping people up, Jesus has to start putting their body parts back together, doesn't he? Jesus wasn't talking about coming and bringing a sword. He was talking about his word bringing levels of division. And so he says this, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division, everyone say division, of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and is able to judge the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now what's really beautiful about that scripture, and I heard one prophet teach on this, is when it's talking about soul from spirit and the division, if you go back into the original Greek, it actually works as, it works as a doubling effect. So what it's actually saying is it, it works to divide soul from soul and spirit from spirit. What does that mean? It means that the word of God the sword of the Lord, the word of God is living and active. This is scary. Are you saying that his word is living? Just think about that. We're not going to talk about the living Hebrew letters right now, but his word is alive, just like you're alive. How weird is that? I mean, it just blows your mind. Are you saying that the Bible's alive? Mm -hmm. Okay, so it says this, is able to judge the thoughts and intents of the heart, but is to separate soul from soul and spirit from spirit, to cut off those things that should not belong around the soul and to sever the things that are attached to your spirit that shouldn't be attached to your spirit. How many people have ever had an experience where God starts to speak to you about something that's been going on in your world? Maybe it's a relationship you've got. Maybe it was a soul tie. Something happened, and God starts to speak to you about that thing. And he goes, hey, this relationship, this thing you've been doing here, it's not good. What is he doing? His word is bringing division. He's actually dividing in your world, in your internal world, from what should be there and what shouldn't be there. And then he goes, hey, and how many people have ever had an experience where God said to you, cut that relationship off? I spoke about this two weeks ago with my mum. How many people have ever had that? 
cut this relationship off. What does cut it off mean? It means divide it, sever it. The word is actually come to pierce. But how many of you know that God is good and what he does is good? Everything he does for us is for our benefit. But it's not just for us as individuals. Everything he does for humanity is for humanity's benefit. He will never, ever do anything that is outside of the realm of his goodness. How many of you know that that's true? This is so important. We have to get, catch this. Because when God does something, it's always to help someone prosper in the things that he has predestined for them to walk out. But even more than that, I mean, we talk about that because we're so aligned. We talk about scroll a lot. But it's actually to do with he does it because Jesus died that we would be saved, healed, and delivered. That we would be whole. So at the cross, part of the atoning sacrifice on the cross is called sozo, it's called wholeness. So when God speaks a piercing word, when he speaks a word that is designed to bring a division, a healthy, godly division into your soul or spirit, that word is living and active and is designed to produce life. So anything that he severs, anything that he cuts off, guess what? You will be more alive as a result because you will be more healed in him. How amazing is that? How good is our God? And he won't stop. And some of you are like, yeah, I wish he would. And I think that all the time. And so, <laughs> but he won't stop until we are in a place where we are saved, healed, and delivered. But guess what? Dum, 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 dum. We have something called free will. And free will and your soul can fight against God. And sometimes the things of the soul can war against the things of the spirit. How many people have ever had an experience like that before? Yeah, the Bible actually says the things of the soul realm are contrary. Contrary, is that how you pronounce it? Contrary, contrary, it's such a weird word. It's like trary, isn't it? Contrary, contrary to, uh, to the things of the spirit which means your appetites and your desires are sometimes they sometimes sometimes are the exact opposite of what God wants for you how how interesting is that the exact opposite of where you're supposed to go you know it's so interesting we hear the, there's a, a, a scripture in the book of psalms chapter 37 verse 4 and it says delight yourself in the lord and he will give you the desire of your heart and we love that god you're so good and then we get so excited because God is going to give us the desire of our heart. But guess what? Sometimes the desire of our soul, heart, is contrary to what the Spirit has for us. It's actually, it actually works against the Spirit. And this is so, so interesting. And I'll tell you why. Because for so many years... There were so many prophetic words released over multiple people over for many, many years. And I'm not thinking about any particular prophet. But for years and years, prophets prophesied different things over different people. And some of the things they prophesied came out of their soul realm. And sometimes they were prophesying into a soul realm. So they would give a word, but the word would be reading off your soul. We call it a soul read. Everyone say soul read. So we're reading off someone's soul. Get ready. God's about to bless you with a husband. Oh, yes, I, I, I received that. God's about to bless you with a wife. God's about to bless you with a million dollars. And the big prophets and major prophetic ministries, when they would get burnt, oh, I'm just going to say it, it, sometimes they would get burnt out on the circuit and you would be the last church on their circuit 
before they went home and to be with their family. So you'd have an itinerant prophet come through and the prophet would say, I'm going to prophesy over a lot of people in this church right now. But the prophet's exhausted. So the prophet comes over and he goes, soul read. Have a little soul read over here, soul read over here. And I'm not saying in any way that every word that was given was inappropriate. But what happens is that we have, I believe, not had a, first of all, a gauge for weighing and testing the word properly, but also there's been a level of unhealth on a trading platform or a trading floor with regards to ministry. So what's happened is ministry became something that it was never meant to be. Ministry was never designed to be a career path. Ministry was a calling or is a calling. And so what I want to encourage you in this is, is as we come to the Lord and as we move in God and we say, God, what is it that you're doing and how are you working? We start to see that he starts to dismantle some of the things that we've been indoctrinated in over the years through church, through other things. We get indoctrinated through things, including some of the prophetic stuff that's been spoken over us including some of the prophetic words that we've built some of our world on. And he says, these things are like sandcastles. Not all of them, but some of them. And he says, now in this season, we're going to, I'm going to, through my word, bring a piercing, a severing and a division into your internal world initially in order that you would live. And it says that, you know, that he came to give us life and life abundantly in order that you would be walking on pathways of truth. You see, he can't fulfill a word that he never gave. Is everyone okay? And this is the part of the season that we're coming into because as we consecrate ourselves in God, and we love, how many people love consecration? That's the season we're in. But consecration is, okay, let's go there. That's what consecration is. It's take it all, whatever it looks like. And the scary thing about that is you start to consecrate and you wake up and God speaks to you about particular things and you're like, I will do, I've said this before, but I will do anything for God. But not that, 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 that. And this is so interesting because we can preach this a lot and we might say it from the platform that I know Todd said similar things, you know, over the years. But, but we, we can speak this and we, you can go away and we can all go away and we go, wow, that was, yeah, Daryl spoke, that was a great word that really spoke to me, Daryl. Excellent work, um, you know. But the reality is that what are we actually, will we yield to the reality of that, what that is? Will we actually yield to the processes and purposes of God as he administrates his word into our internal world and says, let's bring a division to this part of your soul. Let's cut away this part of the, your world because this, when we prune this part, you will be even more fruitful. When we take this away, you will be even more alive. And this is the funny thing, that there is the great divide, as it were, between people, uh, who, well, you know, we've been pastoring, I've been pastoring now. This, today's my anniversary for being on staff at Field of Dreams, actually, eight years today. So, so, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, um, but this really, but this really interesting. I've been pastoring for seventeen years, and and so many times you meet with people, yeah, 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 and then they go, and it the yet didn't transform or didn't transfer into anything. But this is what's starting to happen. Things are starting to move really, really quickly which means that when things start to move quickly, the good moves quickly and the bad moves quickly. There is a time of acceleration on the earth right now. And it's not just enough to say, okay, God's calling people up to join the party, as it were, to be the remnant rising. But it's actually this dual purpose, like I said at the end of last year as well, this dual thing where God is going, let me scrutinize your internal world. A little bit um, like what Christina was uh, preaching on a Sunday afternoon. It was an excellent message. But let me scrutinize, scrutinize my heart, Lord, is what David says, 
crazy. But his word will then come and bring a severing, a piercing, a, a division, draw asunder, draw a division in the internal world in order that you would live and that there would be more fruit come as a result of this process. Is that okay? Now, it's okay until people start to give you a... Okay. It's okay until someone actually comes alongside because sometimes when we don't allow God to do that, and yes, we've been in this place of consecration, what God will do is he'll send people around you and he'll say, they'll say, hey, I've got a word for you. You go, wow, I'd love a word. But the word might not be an encouragement sandwich. It might not be the most encouraging word you've ever had. But hold on, prophecy, 1 Corinthians 14. It says that it's supposed to edify. I'm supposed to be. But, but how many of you know that sometimes when you're not listening, God has to speak a little bit louder? How many of you know sometimes when you're not listening, God has to shout it from the rooftop? Not, you know, <laughs> there have been so many instances where we hear funny stories, you know, people being called out, you know, live in the public. And you need to get this right in your life. And that's not, I, don't, I don't believe in that modality of working uh, necessarily unless, you know, the Lord's really, really on it in that way. But I do find it really interesting that God will speak so loudly sometimes when it is time to make the adjustment. And I'm saying that because I'm hearing so many people having so many dreams of adjustment in this season. And when I listen to the dream, I'm like, wow, that's God speaking to you. What are you doing about it? What does it look like? You want to have a go at anyone? But what does it look like? If God's speaking to you in a dream about making an adjustment, then it would behoove you. I'm learning my language. Our language skills get a lot better being in this church. Um, it would behoove you to do what? to actually steward the dream. Because when you steward the dream, the dream is the living, active word of God. So the active word of God, when it's from the Lord, so the active word of God in the dream actually has the capacity to bring the division into the soul and the spirit. So you actually let the dream become you. You actually take on the dream. You actually digest the dream. You marinate on the dream. And the dream brings the transformation. This is so, so important. I had a dream um, the Lord was speaking to me about something um, that I needed to do. Um, and it wasn't, wasn't super, I didn't feel like it was super important, but obviously the Lord thought it was. And, and I had kept on having these dreams of me being given a car and then the car having a flat tire. And the, cars have, the car represents ministry. It was my uh, um, responsibility to have the tire blown up. And I remember I was like, yeah, yeah, I've had this dream a couple of times. I remember even telling Todd, I said, do you remember I talked to you about the dream that I had? Anyway, yeah, he's like, yeah. And so... I had two dreams, very, very similar. And I was like, God, I get what you're saying, but, but you know, I don't know if it, you know, it doesn't really matter. Everything's going to be okay. And do you know what happened? No, you don't. I'm about to tell you. I went out of my house. And when I went out of my house, I went to get in my car, and my car tire was punctured and flat. And I was like, God, okay, you were giving me a prophetic warning that I was going to deal with a puncher. I got it. And the Lord's like, no. I'm manifesting a sign that you need to listen to the dream. And this is so, so interesting. So, okay, so we put up Romans. Oh, you're there. You've changed. Okay, cool. Put up Romans 11.22. And you guys are going to love this. There's more to it, but I just, I don't want to go for hours tonight. It says this, Behold then the kindness and severity of God to those who fell severity... But to you, and this is to, we, we talked about the context of this in the previous message to do with Israel and to do with, if you can read Romans, uh, read the whole book of Romans, but from 8 through to 12, and you'll understand the context of Israel and, and, and 
the Jews and how, you know, but it says this, behold the goodness, sorry, the kindness or the goodness and the severity of God to those who fail severity, but to you God's kindness, if, everyone say if, keep going, if you continue in his kindness, otherwise you also will be cut off. And what's interesting is, yes, that scripture does talk about grace and it does talk about being in Christ, but this is so, so interesting. I want to look at the dynamic of this. You see, continuing in the goodness of God is the word to abide. It means you have to continually abide in the presence or in the goodness of God. And we talked previously about people's eyes being made dull. And when people's eyes are dull, they are unable to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So it's difficult to abide in the goodness of God, and it's difficult to learn the ways of God when our eyes have been dull to be able to see the manifestation of the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I want to encourage you in this, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living isn't necessarily, let's say this first of all, the goodness of the Lord in your world is always, first of all, the way that you receive or the way that you observe the goodness of the Lord is always going to be subject to your ability or your capacity or your framework of the way you see God. We call it a filter. Everyone say filter. Everyone has a filter. I have a filter. This is what the goodness of the Lord looks like. But this is what God is saying in this time. He's saying that we are moving into a stage right now of awakening. So we're being awakened. We're giving, being given eyes to see that we'll be able to see clearly what's going on. And then after we've seen clearly what's going on, we're going to be able to see more clearly the goodness of the Lord in the land of living. And then we're going to be able to abide in that goodness because we're able to recognize the goodness of God. This is really, really important. Now, in that then, you will know my ways. You see, I believe for many years the body of Christ has started to get gradually more blind to the ways of God. And I really believe that. And what that, that looks like is that their senses, in the book of Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, talks about people's senses being exercised to being able to discern both good and evil. Now, if you can't discern both, both good and evil, what happens? Bad things. Why? Because you don't know what's good and what's evil. You don't know what is good and what is evil. So what we do then is we start to get confused and we start to think that's evil and that's good. That's the way, that's the way God is. That's good and this is evil. But imagine this. Imagine if the enemy was twisting our world through spiritual manipulation to twist our level of understanding through a place of being dulled, having our senses dulled, which is the way that he does it. So the operation is this. First of all, I'll dull the senses. Then I'll twist people's understanding through, their, through the breach of their lack of discernment as the body of Christ. So they will think what's evil is this and what's good is this. How many of you know that, that could be true? So then we actually get, we start to live in a world where we think that this is good and this is what goodness looks like and this is evil and this is what evil looks like. And then the Lord goes, but actually we need to renew your mind and awaken you because some of the things that you consider evil in this time are actually going to be an administration of the judgments of the Lord. This is really, really important. You go, no, how can you say that? Easily. You see, where you go, I'm not going to go into judgments right now, but what's interesting is this, and we, we talk about this a lot, what's interesting is judgments bring alignment and the alignment of heaven, and we need to be rightly aligned and put on the right pathways in this season, quick, smart, and in a hurry. There isn't time for us not to be rightly aligned. There isn't time for us to not yield to the preceding word of the Lord over our internal world, 
I mean, there are people in here right now, and I'm not having, I'm not thinking of anyone in particular, but there are a lot of people in, there are a lot of people around the world, let's just say it like that, who live in a place of God, godly fantasy about life. They say, this is who God is, and this is how he's going to bless me, but there's, but there's no, no manifestation. How many, and then they go, no, you're not believing hard enough. No, you're actually living in a falsified world. You've actually built a falsified city thinking that this is how God operates, this is how I work, but there's no manifestation because it's actually been bold, built sorry, on falsified information and not the fullness of truth. And so when we build things on the fullness of truth, guess what happens? We see manifestation. It's just so, so interesting the way we see that. We start to see manifestation because we're starting to align with God's ways and his purposes according to the full counsel of Scripture and the way that he wants to operate. And this is, this is so, so interesting. I talked about David Wilkerson dying in a car accident last week. It was real, uh, two weeks ago, real crowd, please. You can, you, can hear, you can listen to that later. But this is the thing, that as we start to administrate, how many of you know that, it, that God will administrate alignment through us? And we talk about the word alignment all the time, but how do we believe that God brings alignment? I believe that one of the ways he does is, is he brings judgment on what's crooked. And when he brings a judgment, it's actually, is everyone Okay it actually creates a straight line. And so God is saying, are you ready for me to start to create straight lines? Not just in your world, but through you into the world. Now this isn't us then getting into a place of, yes, this and this, but we need to call those things that are not as though they were. And we need to call a spade a spade. And if something is off or crooked, we need to say this is off and this is crooked. But Christ lives in us, so we then get given the mandate of the administration of the sword. How exciting is that? Everyone say, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. That's, your, that's part of your mandate. How interesting is that? Now, yes, we're, but it says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they are the sons of God. And I get that, they are. We are. But there is a realm of division and a realm, I'm not going to go into the angels bringing, I was going to talk about sheep and goats and everything, but there is a realm of division that God wants us to bring, and the word severity there in the original Greek is the word sharpness, and the word sharpness and severity is the word to sever. And I, I won't go into it because I just think it, it might be a bit, people might leave thinking about the four horsemen of the apocalypse and then can't get out of their kind. But uh, we'll do it next time. But, but, what's really co- but what's really interesting is this, is when we start to catch this reality, it's the sharpness of God, the double-edged sword, the word of the Lord that comes. We understand there isn't just independent God speaking to us and bringing transformation through his word to bring division and a, a cutting away of those things or pruning away of those things that are not good for us. We actually start to partner with him in this mandate where we start to carry the authority and the administration of the sword to cut away what's unhealthy in society, to cut away what's unhealthy in the world. And through the administration of our word and our judgment through our word, guess what starts to happen? The sword starts to come down and sever and turns the crooked paths straight. You see, this is part of the administration of the eastern gate in the realm of the spirit. One crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way. You see, there is a company of people right now being risen up saying, prepare ye the way for the risen king. But we are called to make the crooked path straight. And part of the way that we're going to do that is understand the ways of God. The ways of God. And as we start to understand the ways of God, many of you are going to be called into the desert and start eating locusts, even though we don't want to do that. Hell no. Sorry, heck no. 
but we're going to start to understand the ways of God. And then when we start to understand the ways of God, we start to see how amazing we are as believers. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I love that song. That's really good. Christ in me. And then the Lord's like, what, do you know what Christ in you, the hope of glory actually means? The administration of the sword to, against the crooked paths to make them straight. Do you know what Christ in you looks like? A mature we are son. A mature we are son that understands what his father's business is all about. The concept of redeeming creation. The God, do you not know that we will judge angels? Christ in me, the hope of glory. Wow, that was really good. I speak in tongues. It was really fun. There is an invisible world that we are being called to take charge of in Christ. That is the reality of our calling. But if we don't understand the ways of God and we don't allow God to de-indoctrinate us, to dismantle the understanding that we've had over the years of who he is and how he operates, how can we partner with him and how can we then administrate who we are as sons if we constantly look at things and say, that's not the goodness of God, that's not how God operates, that's not how things operate. You see that sometimes, Todd, uh, sometimes things get in the way of the purposes of God. And when things get in the way of the purposes of God, sometimes it needs to be, the crooked path needs to be made straight. And sometimes the way the crooked path is made straight will actually blow our head off. Do you want to know, what? I'll give you an example of a crooked path that needed to be made straight. There was a time of revival documented in the Bible. It was a time of the beginning of outpouring. And there were two beautiful people. One was called Ananias and the other one was called Sapphira. And they were like, Christ in me, the hope of glory. And they were all in and everything. And they decided to sell something and they decided to do things. And they were bringing a realm of wickedness into a pure move of revival, which is not just a move of revival, but this was the beginning of the church. And that, that was such a key time what did, they, they told a lie, told a lie, just a lie, little lie, just one little lie. And do you remember Rachel, I remember Rachel spoke at one of the conferences and she said, bucket dead, bucket dead. Do you remember that? We were talking about judgments and no, okay, all right, okay. Get the buckets out. No, I'm just, but it was fitting for God to take them to ensure that the straight paths were not made crooked in that season. You see, the ways of God are beyond our understanding. We don't understand, so stop trying to work it all out and say, this is how God operates. A wise man would say, I'm learning how God operates, because you don't know how God operates. Does that make sense? Well, let's say this, we're on a journey to learning how God operates. And in this season, God is going to bring us into incredible spiritual visitation. He's going to empower us and equip us in ways that we couldn't have possibly imagined, where we start to occupy realms in the spirit, I was taken up in, into a realm of the spirit the other day. And I said, God, where am I? And he said, you're over Southeast Asia. And I was flying, flying, flying in the spirit over Southeast Asia. I said, what am I doing here? And he said, I'm going to teach you how to occupy financial gates in Southeast Asia in the spirit. And I said, yes, I received that. And then I said, but what about the Middle East? And he goes, there's a long wait. Many believers have already gone up there and they're waiting in line to occupy that gate. I want to encourage you, there is so much more going on in the realm of the Spirit than we could possibly imagine. And God is saying, will you start to learn who I am, learn my ways, and learn who you are in me, a glorious Son that's designed to change, redeem creation, a glorious Son that's designed to set creation free, so much bigger than we could possibly imagine. 
God's been speaking to me about so many different things, so many signs that are going to come on the earth in this next season, so many weird things that they'll put down to climate change. But they won't be. There'll be signs and wonders. There'll be signs and wonders. And God says in, in, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 8, verse 18, he says, here I am, Isaiah presenting himself. Here I am, and the children you have given me, they are for signs and wonders. And I want to encourage you that we are those children who are for signs and wonders. We are those children who are designed to be much bigger than the earth. You know, in the spirit, I think Todd might, may be, maybe mentioned this before, in the spirit, you are far bigger than you could possibly imagine. You're not just like a little itsy bitsy teeny bit. No, no. You are, you are huge in the spirit. Am I allowed to sing that song? I don't even remember the other words. Maybe it's inappropriate. Okay. Oh, no, that is a bad song, isn't it? Okay. Don't remember that one. Don't remember itsy bitsy. But the partner, I just want to, I, I want to, I want to say this. The partnership, don't worry, all clear. They're all clean. There's no, but the partnership... But the partnership with God is going to look unlike anything we've ever imagined. And I think part of it, and we talked about this a lot over the last couple of years, part of it is going to be the revelation of where we are seated in heavenly places, called to administrate from the heavenly places down onto the earth. Then we realize who we are sitting in the councils of God to administrate shift and change on the earth from our places of rulership. How many of you know what happens from a throne? What do you do from a throne? You release decrees and judgments. There, there is, there's division and dividing, right dividing that happens from the seats. And I'm telling you right now, God is going to teach us how to occupy those seats, but it starts with us saying yes to being stretched out to understand his ways of administration. Let's just end, I'll just end on this last scripture. Uh, book of uh, Psalm 69 verse 14, please. Can you put the pads on? So that I can get that song out of my head. It wasn't a good song. God is stretching us out in this season. I'm being relatively gentle tonight just because there's a, it's a really big deal and I really want you to catch what we're saying tonight because there's a lot of people here. Oh, just put, put the scripture on. Oh, did I not? Tell you? Psalm 69 verse, oh, 89, sorry, 89, 14. It's very bright. 89, 14. I can just read it if you, if you prefer. Can you grab it? Is that cool? Okay, awesome. It says this. This is so interesting. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Loving kindness and truth go before you. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. The administration of the throne of God is righteousness and justice. Our calling in God is to administrate His righteousness and justice. This is how can the foundation of His throne be something separate from what his sons are called to administrate on the earth. It's not, this is our mandate. And when you occupy your throne, the foundation of your throne will be righteousness and justice or righteousness and judgment. This is so, so important. We are called to administrate the Word of God as a sword to bring division that things will live. Loving kindness and truth go before you. Everyone stand to your feet, please. It wasn't too exhortatory tonight, but I just know that I just want you to catch something for this season because...
We're going to be ones who learn and teach others how to continue in the goodness of God, how to continue in the kindness of God in order that people wouldn't be cut off. You see, this is a time of separation. God was speaking to me, I'm not going to talk about it tonight, was talking to me about, he talked to me about the sheep and the goats, and this might twist people's theology. But he said, the sheep and the goat nations. I said, yes, God, what about them? And he said, do you know that it starts now and it starts with my people, that we are being called, we will be called to actually (laughs) render the division of sheep and goat nations as part of our administration before him. So amazing. Okay, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you so much for every person here. And I pray right now that each and every one of us would be open, wow, there it is, to the administration of your righteousness and justice in our lives. We thank you that the administration of justice is on the back of the finished work of the cross that grants everybody who receives it and yields to it abundant life. Jesus said, the enemy came to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that you would have life and life abundantly or life to the full. And so right now in the name of Jesus, we give you permission in this season, God, to rightly judge any parts of our heart that need to be judged, that need to be scrutinized the need to receive the word of the Lord, which is living and active, and that will bring that true division, the division that brings life. So we say yes to that process. And we say yes to, Lord, to the invitation to partner with you or to partner with your spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God that will teach us your ways. Because as we are equipped, we recognize that we are called to administrate your ways through your Son onto the earth from heavenly places. And so we say yes to that too. Now there's someone in here, there's a couple of people in here, and you, there have been a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going on in your world. And I believe that there are a, there's a number, a number of people, I'm not going to, uh, this is just what I got earlier. Please be encouraged. Um, there are a number of people in here and you've actually been living in quite significant deception and you've been lying about a lot of stuff. And I actually felt the Lord say before I came up, he said that there's, there's, uh, there are a couple of people in here. <laughs> he really did. And he said, you don't need to run to the altar. This is not about that. But I really believe that the Lord is highlighting that tonight is a night to get free. And I believe it's been absolutely hounding you, this, this thing in your heart, it's like literally it's been a lie and you can't get over it. And the torment at night has been overwhelming. And I felt the Lord say, tonight is the night of release. Tonight is the night of release. Now, I don't know who that is. Obviously, I really don't. He didn't tell me who it was. But I want to encourage you. And this is the only way you're going to get that done initially is by telling someone. You can do it before the Lord. But you actually have to expose. Darkness has to be brought into the light uh, through conversation. I want to encourage you. Um, if that is you, I'm going to be at the front. Uh, for a few minutes after the um, message. Don't line up necessarily because then it will be like, but I really believe that if there is something that you need to get off your chest tonight, please do come and talk to me. I'll be at the front. The other staff might go, but I would love to just help enlighten or help lighten your load because I really believe that tonight is a night of freedom and liberty and it starts with this.
So that's just for those people. For others, in, for other people in here, God is saying, do you want to be introduced to my ways? Are you open for me to readjust your internal world and what you believe? And so if that's you, just pray this, to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I am ready for you to adjust my theology, my understanding, my worldview, and my view of you. Holy Spirit, come and make whatever adjustment you need to, whatever it looks like, whatever it costs, I say yes. Lead me into all truth by your Spirit of truth. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You guys can grab your communion. talked a lot so you can just do communion you don't mean me to add another prayer Lord you are good Lord you are presence here. We're going to keep going to keep the pads on for a while. God, we acknowledge that you are good. That you are good and what you do is good. We thank you for a joy release in this place. A joy release in people's hearts tonight that we would see the joy of the gospel we would see the joy and feel the joy of the finished work of the cross. Father, I pray that each and every person here as we leave tonight would be drunk on your joy. In Jesus' name, and everybody said again, amen. Bless you guys. Have a wonderful evening. We are officially done. It was so good to see you. Please, um, Don't forget, tomorrow night, Thursday, yeah, tomorrow night, Thursday and Friday, seven o'clock here, just come and soak. There's no one on the stage. You're just going to come and praise. You're going to soak. You're going to do whatever it is that you want to do. People aren't talking. There's no loud noises, as it were, apart from the worship. But but please do come and enjoy yourselves at the Tabernacle of David. It's going to be absolutely awesome. So good. Can we give the Lord a shout or a praise or something? Come on.